The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of the evangelical's favourite rapist to explain logical fallacies. <laughs> I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is Schrodinger's idiot, also known as Schrodinger's douchebag. <laughs> I like the way you cleaned that up somewhat. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, Schrodinger's yeah. douchebag is probably the more common thing you'll see on the internet for this, but... Apple Podcasts yep. doesn't like swear words in episode titles. So I thought probably ah, safest to call the episode yeah. Schrodinger's Idiot. But likely you'll see Schrodinger's douchebag on the internet. <laughs> and yeah. uh, this was yeah. actually suggested by a patron, Will. Ah. Thanks very much, Will, for that. But it yep. is one I've had in mind for a while. Right. But it's not one you'll probably find in lists of fallacies and that's kind of why it's taken me a while to to end up doing it because i was thinking yeah well it's not really a new one because the the term exists the term has been already coined yep. by other people it's just they're not really identifying it as a fallacy but i think it is a fallacy oh yeah well it's used as a, if if we kind of loosely define using a fallacy to come up with a a bad or invalid argument well yeah because i mean i think it's it, really it it's it's not very dissimilar to how moving the goalposts, for example, is used and mm. various other yeah. rhetorical devices. And essentially, what Schrodinger's douchebag is, is when someone says a thing, either makes a claim or an argument or, or makes a statement which is ignorant, bigoted, or just plain wrong. Yeah. And then when they're criticised yeah. for it or called out on it, they will claim that they were just joking, that they weren't serious right. when they said it. And so, obviously, where the Schrodinger thing comes in is is that the statement is simultaneously serious and jokey until someone says, that's not cool, man, don't say that. And then it yeah. becomes yeah. a joke. One or the other, yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, it requires the the, the observer, <laughs> yeah, quite, quite in this case, an observer <laughs> who looks at something and points it out changes the result of the... Of the experiment, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's unlike Schrodinger's cat insofar as that was a thought experiment. Yes, yeah, this, this, this is a real thing that we can thinking. observe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it involves thought, <laughs> and this probably doesn't. Yeah. 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 So our first Trump <laughs> example comes from 
the whole Russia, if you're listening thing, where he asked essentially Russia to hack Hillary's emails. Remember this thing? Russia, if you're listening. Remember, it was a big thing. In front of 25,000 people, Russia, if you're It was all said in They cut it off right at the end so that you don't end see the laughter, the joke. And they said, he asked, he asked for help, right? Russia, if you're listening, a very famous. They cut that thing so quick at the end because they didn't want to hear the laughter in the place and me laughing. It was just boom. These are really dishonest people. Yeah, so the media dishonestly mm. framed in Trump's telling his thing that he said to a, a rally of 25,000 people. He said, yeah. you know, Russia, if you're listening. And it was clearly a joke because immediately after he laughed and everybody else laughed. Everybody but laughed. the media dishonestly cut it immediately after. He and said they'd it. have to do it quick because yeah, yeah, 25,000 yeah, people yeah. laughing Absolutely. is, you know, quite loud. So here's yeah. him actually saying it, which wasn't in a yeah. rally at all. It was in a press conference in Doral, yeah. his golf club in Florida. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Let's see if that happens. That'll be next. Yes, sir. Then, yes, sir, moved on to the next yeah. question. No laughter from him yeah. or any of the no journalists laughter. in the room because it wasn't no, a joke. No cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they did, yes, they didn't all go, ha, 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 yeah. They took him at his word. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't saying it in a jokey way at all. No. In fact, later on in the press conference, he was asked by Aaron Burnett, I think, are you saying that you want the Russians to hack Hillary? Essentially, I can't remember the exact question she asked, but he said they may already have her emails. I hope they do. He was doubling yeah. down on it very much, and it wasn't until the next day when people were saying, look, this is, this is not cool. He was saying, oh, he's being sarcastic. Quite yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah. and then it, yeah. it morphed into this story of a thing that happened at a rally and everyone was falling about laughing because it was so clearly a joke given that much of his delivery is trying to frame a joke it mm. does a lot of that you know we've talked about him being the worst stand-up comic in the world and that he kind of flags the joke and then there isn't a joke <laughs> in the sentence yeah. so he kind of tries to make it funny he didn't even try with that then no nope. So it's, it wasn't obvious at all. <laughs> so yeah. our second example is from the whole COVID injecting disinfectant oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And when he was asked about it, this was how he framed it. And I was asking the question of the gentleman who was there yesterday, Bill, because when they say that something will last three or four hours or six hours, but if the sun is out or if they use disinfectant, it goes away in less than a minute. Did you hear about this yesterday? But I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. But it does kill it, and it would kill it on the hands, and that would make things much better. That was done in the form of a sarcastic question to the reporters. It was done mm -hmm. in the form of a sarcastic question to reporters asking right. the scientist if disinfectant if on we, the inside yeah. of bodies would also kill COVID. Yeah. So I'm looking at I'm looking for a kind of you know a a big theatrical wink to the audience <laughs> almost or or a sarcastic tone of voice yeah yeah in the you'd question. expect that when yeah. we play that it would be you'd, it would be obvious that he's not being serious yeah supposing we hit the body with a tremendous uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light and I think you said 
That hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do, either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. We'll the right, folks who right. And then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs, so it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. <laughs> I didn't get the sense he was joking at all. No, or, or asking a question of the journalist. No, he's not speaking to the reporters. The he's speaking directly no. to the scientist who's just finished speaking. Trump is relaying a conversation they had before the press conference. He's talking about, right. hey, these are, here's some ideas I came up with, and we talked about <laughs> yeah. it, didn't we? And you said you're going to look yeah. into it. Yeah. And the guy is going, oh, fucking hell. I, told, I did say, I said that like <laughs> in the back fuck? when I wasn't in front yeah. of camera. I'm, I'm not obvious. I'm not really yeah. going to look into it. Jesus. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. But when the yeah. president says, what about this? Yeah. I go, hmm, yes, I yeah. will. We'll definitely we'll have, to get, have a look we'll at that. We'll have to get, obviously, we'll have to get medical work. doctors to look at it, not just clown <laughs> doctors. Hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, in fact, if we, if we were to tune into the the pre-press conference conversation, yeah. we would hear him sarcastically saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when, when everybody of course we'll look at that. says, what kind of fucking stupid idea is this that, that Trump is now talking about? The next day he's going, oh, I was being sarcastic. I was asking, I, I framed it in, a, in the form of a sarcastic question to reporters like yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. What if we took a lie and shone it at the body or got it yeah. in the body, if you know what I mean, somehow? He said at another point, he asked it sarcastically to reporters to see what would happen, he said. That was his motivation for it. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're doing a, a press conference about a deadly pandemic, you want to just yeah. mess around with the reporters a bit, yeah, don't you? Just yeah, kind of check whether they'll print stuff and, that's obviously yeah. false. <laughs> you want to keep it a bit light, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's and, the time for joking yeah, well, around. If ever there was one, if ever there was one, yeah, <laughs> yes. When you're talking about the increased tens of thousands of deaths, yeah, that's the moment to do it. Yeah. You know, we're all for gallows humour, but you know, <laughs> that's right. If only we could identify it as being humour. Yeah, by somehow the comic flagging it. Yeah. Yeah. And recently, <laughs> he's claimed that when he sometimes says Obama instead of Biden, right. he's being he's doing that deliberately. That's sarcasm. Okay. And then I'll say, our real president is Barack Hussein Obama. They'll say, he doesn't know who the president is. He thinks it's Barack Hussein. No, I'm being sarcastic. So this is in right. response to the DeSantis war room putting out a compilation of clips of him being in cognitive decline. Yeah. He is forgetting who he's talking about at any given point. <laughs> what he's saying, what he said before. Yeah, here are some, of, some of those clips. Yeah. As you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, and leading by a lot, including Obama. Was, I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take, 
a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. We beat Hillary Clinton. We built almost 500 miles of wall. Even the Obama administration says it in their stats. And I'm really shocked that the Obama administration can be out there saying, I hope they don't attack from the north. Brian, it's all coming through Iran and Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. Fauci became big in the Bush administration in the, uh, up in, it's almost the same thing, in the Biden administration. So that last one, he fucks up <laughs> twice because he means the Obama administration in that, in that yeah. one. <laughs> so he says, oh, Bush. Oh, I mean Biden. It's the same, yeah, thing. Yeah, same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, one's a Republican. Sure. One's not. Yeah, the the white men, of course, is exactly the same. Yeah. But all that is explained away by the yeah. fact that he's actually, what he's secretly saying is that Obama uh, is running it all behind the scenes, you see. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's letting us, yeah. It's not that he doesn't know what he's saying from one minute to no. the next. <laughs> if only Q was still around, he'd put everyone right if he wasn't p- pursuing his martial arts opera <laughs> career. And... Now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. We featured large in the in the last episode, but where would we be without Lee Anderson, who's who's possibly, well, apart from Trump, maybe the worst example of an elected representative in power, who ought to be a bit mindful of what he says. What with his fuck off back to France, <laughs> the, the statement that he made to asylum seekers if they don't like the British government's approach to immigration. So, and he's he's also the MP most likely to dismiss all concerns as a joke. And here he is last October at a Tory conference fringe event in Manchester, responding when asked by Anand Menon about the impact of cancelling HS2 and what the impact that would have on local rail services like those between Leeds and Bradford. It wasn't necessarily to get you from Leeds to London quicker. I never said that, Anand. I never said that. It was to free up tracks so that you could get from Bradford to Leeds quicker than you can now, so that you had more efficient local services as well as national. Is anybody from Bradford Bradford in here? Would you want to get there quicker? (laughs) You want to get to Leeds quickly. (laughs) That'll be on front at Guardian tomorrow, by the way. And he knows because his body language actually gives it away. Once he'd said it, he's kind of, he looks left and right, kind of goes, ah, puts his hand over his mouth thinking, I shouldn't have done that, and and sets up the Guardian as the people that will bring him down. And so that was released on TikTok, and there were, you know, and if 1,296 comments on TikTok are indicative of the response, Anderson's (laughs) comment attracted intense criticism including from a number of Bradford residents like David Hockney and Zane Malik and Gareth Gates. Philip Davis, another Conservative, of course, MP for Shipley, in a massive overcompensatory justification, said a lot. Uh, He said things like, Mr Anderson's comment was a light-hearted joke and it was not serious or intended to be taken at face value. As a proud Yorkshireman, I often make disparaging remarks about Lancashire. They're not serious or intended to be taken at face value. I can only presume that desperate Labour councillors are seizing on this to take away attention from their chronic mismanagement of the district. It wouldn't work. I'm pretty sure that most of my constituents and people across the district have a sense of humour and understand a joke when they hear one. And I'm pretty sure we could take a joke 
at her own expense. If you are confident in yourself, then you can take a joke at your own expense. <laughs> I went to many a Ken Dodd show in Bradford where he would poke fun at Bradford and people laughed. They didn't take it literally. What is the matter with people nowadays? People might also realise that HS2 is never coming to Bradford anyway, so Lee's remark were never meant seriously. I sometimes despair at how pathetic political discourses come when people try to take offence at something clearly intended as a light-hearted joke. <laughs> it's like when you've done something wrong <laughs> and somebody's taking offence, so you yeah. overcompensate and you try to go, oh, no, I didn't mean it. Oh, no, oh, <laughs> and, they, and you just go, oh, no, no. And he's, he's, he's dug a deeper and deeper hole. We should have had him kind of fading into the distance <laughs> as he digs that hole. He said, well, yeah, he's never even coming to Bradford, which wasn't the point being made at the first place. It, it actually would quite rightly... Um, as Anand points out, it would free up the, tra the train traffic such that it would therefore be quicker to, to get from Leeds to Bradford. Yeah, I think this is a loose example of the fallacy that we've just decided as a fallacy, but right. in as much as I don't think he was being serious, Yeah, what he did was he told a joke that is offensive to some people Yeah, and then said, oh, you can't take a joke, it's just a joke. And so he's kind of offending yeah. the fact that it's okay to offend people if it's a bit funny. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. especially offensive, but is that it's it's more kind of, it's a little bit having your cake and eating it in a way rather yeah. than rather than saying something serious, something that he said seriously was actually just a joke, it's fine. Yeah. He is arguing it's fine, but it was a joke at the time, I think. Uh, one of the yeah. things that this fantasy does is yeah. we were talking last time about scapegoating. Blame shifting, yep. essentially. Um, yep. And one of the things that this does is it shifts the blame from the person who is being criticised to the, Quite, the listener. Yes. It says, yep. oh, you know, uh, I said a thing, you're taking it seriously, but it wasn't serious. I was being funny. You're too stupid yeah. to understand how funny Stand I was that being. It was a joke. It's yeah, your yeah, problem. Yeah. You're the one with the problem. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So in that way, I think he is basically saying, "Oh, you're you're taking it too seriously. You're you're yeah. taking it personally, and it's not." And the thing is that Philip Davis mentions Ken Dodd, who was never elected as a representative, <laughs> no. standing up for the interests of thousands. He was of the silliest of all comedians. Yeah, he was. You know, he was still touring in his nineties, and he was he was a Liverpudlian and end of the pier comedian, famous in the sixties and seventies. Hung around with the Beatles, all that came from Liverpool. He was part of that. Mersey side wave of of art, artistic output, and yeah, he did take. He, he didn't actually. Well, he might have taken the piss out of Bradford. The, or the only thing I could find about him saying about Bradford was, was that you could tell a joke in Bradford and it wouldn't land in Liverpool. Right, that's just saying they've tell got different senses of humour, isn't it? But exactly. Yeah, also, yeah. in yeah. those days, people told a lot of jokes about things that these days. Yes, would, exactly. Well, that's what. Yes, <laughs> that's so. what. That's what Philip Davis <laughs> is using in order to kind of compound the stupidity of the people that are taking offence at it. But he's saying, well, obviously, because he's because he's a Tory MP, he doesn't give a shit <laughs> about how the cancelling of HS2 and also taking the piss out of your own voters. Yeah. He doesn't care how it would reflect badly on the. Tory party and doom them to oblivion in the next general election but what he's using it is a tool to stoke the culture wars and alludes to wokeness yeah. 
and and he's using that argument. Oh, you can't say anything these days. Yeah. You know, you get you get arrested and thrown in jail just for saying English. Is that you know you kind of it, it's, he's entiring all his constituents who might vote for him who previously voted Labour because he's one of the red wall. Um, MPs that we all swung over to the Conservatives during the last general election because they all, yeah, fell for the blame on Europe for their um, under being underserved by the Tory government for yonks and yonks. Um, so they just kind of went, yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get out of Europe and everything will be fine. And so they, so he, yet he tars all of those people that got him into office. With the same libtard lefty <laughs> brush that he's saying, you know, like, and Leanne says, "Oh yeah, that'll be all over the Guardian," and it's and it's the tofu eating, you know, yogurt knitting, wokarati <laughs> stuff. So you kind of, if you take offence at the slightest thing, which is re- resonant of those really dodgy jokes that were done prior to when things got called uh, alternative comedy mm. when so uh, in the 70s when all of the um, Rick Mayle and Lenny Henry and all of those British comics started telling jokes and making um, you know hilarious scenarios that didn't involve your mother-in-law or the fella next door who's got a different colour skin from you, that's the, the, this... Yeah, it's kind of amazing the, that that alternative comedy was essentially just not aggressively misogynistic or, mm, or racist mm, comedy. Mm, <laughs> mm. Like, that was yeah. that was the mainstream. Alternative comedy was the stuff yeah. that didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you won't be surprised to learn that, like Lee Anderson, Philip Davis also has a show on that right-wing gammon fest TV, GB News, no which is way. the the yeah, <laughs> which is the the um, it's the working men's club of television. It, it? is. It's <laughs> the wheel tappers and shunters. Yeah, working men's club of uh, yeah. It's the yeah. It's all those horrible fat blokes that lent on things and said, "My mother, yeah. take my mother-in-law, please." Yeah. So the second example, sticking with trains and Lancashire as well. And actually, I think this is a, a, a if you think that was a loose version of the <laughs> fallacy, this is a fallacy working the other way round, perhaps. <laughs> so stick with it. And I'll, I'll explain. So we'll start with the Department of Transport last September renewed Avanti West Coast's operating contract for running the railways for up to nine years with the transport secretary Mark Harper saying it was a, it was back on track following major disruption but two months later transport for the north which is a, a devolved statutory body to look after the quality of transportation asked the transport secretary to conduct a review into their operation because they reduced the number of services immediately after getting the contract uh, over the Christmas period and on the 15th of January this year Navarra Media revealed a leaked PowerPoint slideshow from Avanti West Coast, who have that franchise to run the railway from London up the West Coast to Manchester and Scotland. And it was a somewhat jocular and levitous presentation at an all-managers meeting on the 10th of January. And it's titled, Roll Up, Roll Up, Get Your Free Money Here. (laughs) And it, it details that the Treasury, via the Department of Transport client, ask us to provide resources to deliver high-level values 
High quality levels of customer services. They support us in the delivery of new assets and customer service improvements, projects and initiatives. They ask us to find good quality maintenance and third party supplier contracts. But wait, the slides go on to mockingly describe how Advanti West Coast is given performance based bonuses by the Treasury for achieving a less than perfect service. But wait, do they want 100% compliance? Question mark. No, exclamation mark. Seven, eight or nine out of ten is asked across the different areas of our customer experience portfolio, dot, 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 dot. And here's the fantastic thing, exclamation point. If we achieve these figures, they pay us some more money, which is ours to keep in the form of performance-based fee, exclamation point, exclamation mm-hmm. point. Sound too good to be true in Terabang? Well, on this occasion, it isn't. It's the absolute truth. So basically, they're presenting to the managers of Avanti West Coast that whereas previous train operating companies were fined for their failures to comply with the standards, they will now be rewarded for meeting their targets. And well, the slides, yeah, but the targets aren't even high targets. 10 out of 10 no. isn't even one of the options. No, seven, no. eight, or nine no. out of ten. They don't. Yeah. They don't yeah. present the possibility of getting a ten out of ten, and getting what might 10, happen in that running it scenario. according to the terms of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to pay you money to run the service, and then we're going to give you performance-related bonuses for running the service at less than an optimum level. Yeah, yeah. If you achieve seventy yeah. percent of your goal, extra yeah. money for you. Yeah, yeah, free money. So Labour MP for Chester, Samantha Dixon, wrote to the managing director, Andy Mellors, saying the fact that they think this is a joke is a serious affront to those I represent seeking to use your services. And on January 18th, the Labour MP for West Lancashire, Ashley Dalton, raised this question in the Houses of Parliament. Mr Speaker, it emerged this week that Avanti West Coast bosses were recently caught giving PowerPoint presentations, uh, bragging about receiving free money from the government. Is this value for money? Well, I'm I'm not aware of these allegations, but they sound very concerning, and I'm very happy to look into them on behalf of the Honourable Lady. (laughs) So notice how Oliver Dowden there speaking, who's the Deputy Prime Minister, says he's unaware of the allegations. I'm not sure what allegations. Show me the allegators. (laughs) But but he's not unaware. of. He doesn't say, I'm unaware of the way in which government policy gives free money to failing rail franchises, which would imply that he's aware of that. <laughs> it's a government policy. Yeah. And at the Greater Manchester Combined Authority meeting on January 24th, Andy Burnham, who's the Manchester City Mayor, asked Andy Mellors directly about it. The slide presentation that talked about things being too good to be true and free money. If somebody's preparing slides for a meeting, sure, it's very easy to find out who gave the instruction for those slides to be presented. But doesn't it, the fact that slides can be presented for a meeting in with that type of language, doesn't that say it's more than one individual making unacceptable comments? Isn't there a problem with the culture inside your company that slides of that kind can be presented to a meeting where a number of people might be present? As I said, we are undertaking an investigation into what went on there in terms of the adequacy of the processes and the controls in the production of that material. We did apologise that language was unacceptable and the investigation is currently in progress but I'll reiterate that the service quality regime is a part of the national rail contract it is designed as an independent audit regime to drive up standards 
don't the slides reveal the truth that you're more interested in making money than providing the service to our residents? No, we are absolutely resolute in the need to deliver a good experience for our customers. So I think this is still the fallacy, but it's a reverse one. Mm. They've made a joke <laughs> and they've been caught out making a joke. So now they're having to backtrack and okay. say, oh, no, we were serious. So they're not no longer playing. He's no longer playing along with the joke. Obviously, they all were at the meeting because it was a management issue. He would have been there yeah. at it. And he's not saying, fuck, we've been caught out. So having been observed joking, they're like, no, we were completely serious. We uh, we were completely serious about this thing. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm being it's talked the, around. It's the other, it's, it's the other <laughs> side of the, of, the, of the cat, yeah. But what's interesting is that he's very circumspect about... So Andy Burnham, who's the uh, Labour mayor, of course, of course he's absolutely right when he says you're more interested in making money than providing the service. Of course you're fucking out because they've only got the do... Thing is, this is government seven, policy. This isn't the company yes. saying you as a Don't. government must give us money if we fail to meet our targets. The government yeah. have... have put this yes. system in place and the company is going yeah, yeah. we can't believe our luck this is ridiculous <laughs> yes exactly yeah so and he's saying what we need to do is track down the person what wrote that and 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 clamp down on the processes so that that stuff doesn't get shown and, so, and so the, more the public doesn't, doesn't find get out leaked. about this stuff yeah 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 it's unacceptable and, and, that the public has discovered yeah. that the company is happy yeah. they're being paid for a sub Par service. Yes, exactly. And he's also laying the blame fair, squarely at the feet of the uh, the service quality regime, doing what it's doing. It's not. It's not our fault. It, we can just claim money whilst having to fuck all about running a train service. It's not our fault. That's that's the rule. We're just following the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he also added um, these slides were an attempt to explain how the how the service quality regime works to some of our colleagues. But the language used in the presentation was unacceptable, and we apologise for this. We're apologising for the unacceptable use of language. But according to the RDG, not the SQR, the Rail Delivery Group, which speaks on behalf of the rail industry, in December they said train operators get paid more if they meet certain targets, just like other government suppliers. This means it's the taxpayers who bear the burden of a railway that's unsustainable. Yeah, who's laughing now? (laughs) Since I was a kid at school Self-entitled asshole born to rule Won't apologise when you realise I'm no different after all Me and the boys thought we had it sussed Then the party voted in this trust Everyone said we look ridiculous And boy, we broke some banks Out of a job I'll get on TV Waging war with society Dumb blank faces staring back at me Like nothing's ever changed Promises made on election night Creeping up before it turns to shite 
Stuart there with his hit record from the height of the punk era in 1977. Nice impression. I was only joking. <laughs> yeah. How many cigarettes do you have to smoke to get that? <laughs> yeah. About 400. Oh, uh, yeah. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in the fallacy in the world, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And our first example comes from Peep Show. And this is an episode where Alan, Mark's boss, has... Yeah. made Jeremy an, a real-life indecent proposal. He wants to sleep with Jeremy's girlfriend for money. £530 to sleep with Big Sue's. That's my indecent proposal. No one's going to give me a medal for saying no. I am pretty broke and... OK, it's a deal. Is this a terrible idea? It can't be. It's in a film. They wouldn't put a terrible idea in a film. They'd get sued. Shit. This could be a tricky sell. Say, Suze, do you like the films of Robert Redford? I don't know. Who is he? He's a red-haired old gentleman, and he started the Sundance Film Festival. Sounds like a nice man. Exactly. So, in that spirit, I was wondering, basically, how would you feel about sleeping with Mark's boss for money? Sleep with a man? For money? Yeah, but it's not like that. It's from a Hollywood film. Sounds like you want to pimp me out. Pimp me out, pimp my ride. There's a new climate. I'm a human being, Jeremy. Yeah, sure. From one perspective. But also, is it really so different from hiring a solicitor or leasing a villa in Spain? Oh, I can't believe this, Jeremy. This is really horrible. No, look, Suze, no, sorry. Uh, I love you, I love you. I've just got this big overdraft. Uh, I take it all back. There. Normal. We're back to normal. No, we're not. You tried to make me a hooker. It was a joke, Suze. I'm hitting the reset button. Goodbye, Jeremy. Don't go. God, I only asked her to be a hooker. It's not like I wanted her to work in telesales. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hard sell, given that she hadn't heard of Robert Redford. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, that, otherwise, came at it from that. if she was otherwise, a fan of Robert Redford, it would have been much easier. Yeah, go, yeah. Oh, yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he tried a few different tactics there. He was doing a bit of a yeah. false analogy of saying it's just it's the same as hiring a solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific thing. Yeah, yeah. renting a villa in Spain. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then he yeah. he tried just pretending it hadn't happened and went and like yeah. normal. It's everything's normal again. I've reset. <laughs> And <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went with I was just, it. Was a joke. Well, I was joking. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, sadly, Big Suze yeah. was not convinced by any of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, our second example 
comes from a, a show called Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which I don't know if you if you're aware of. I don't know how many of our listeners will be aware of it. it I think it's kind of a, a niche show. It's, it had two seasons. It's it's right. a very interesting show in that. Yeah. It is the reason it's called Kevin Can Fuck Himself is a play on Kevin Can Wait, the sitcom. And right. the conceit of the show is it's a married couple. When he is there, Kevin, the husband, yeah. it's a sitcom and it's filmed like a kind of multi camera sitcom, bright lights okay, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But when yeah. he's off screen and we're just following the wife's character, Alison, it's a single camera drama about how much she right. fucking hates her husband and wants to get out of right. the situation. It's really interesting Excellent. show. I loved it. Wow. I, I, I don't think it yeah. lived up to the potential it had in the early se- uh, early episodes, but it, right. I, it was really different from what you normally see. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. This is towards the end of the of the run, and this is this is Kevin with his, his new bow. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Really? Yeah, of course. Um, it's just last time I stopped by without calling first, you called me a stage five clinger. <laughs> I did not. Yes, you did. Because then I said, oh, do we still quote wedding crashes? And you said, I'll stop quoting wedding crashes when they pry it from my cold, dead hands. And then I said, "What? who is they? What are they prying? And then you said, it's a figure of speech. It's probably Shakespeare. And then I whoa. said... Whoa, whoa. Where was this memory when you were ordering pizza over the phone? What? Sorry, that was the other one. But if I did say that, it was just a joke. Oh, yeah, well, four months together, still never known when you're serious. Rule of thumb, if you're offended by what I said, I was just joking. Like... There you go. <laughs> yeah, Kevin That's directly the of the thing. creates yeah. a rule yeah. based on this. Yeah. Of, yeah, that, this is the best way to go. You know, if, you, if you're offended, yep. I was joking. And yep. in a similar <laughs> vein, our next example is from The Simpsons, and this is an episode where Bart has convinced Krusty to run for Congress, and right. they seem to be having a fundraising dinner in The Simpsons' house, but it's just The Simpsons' family and Millhouse. So it's not quite clear what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, three bean salad! Sorry, you can't join us. This is a hundred-dollar a plate crusty fundraiser. For two hundred, you get a picture with me. For a thousand, I can have somebody whacked. It's a joke. When you give me that look, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Krusty waits for people to disapprove before making it clear that he was joking, because if they weren't, yeah. if he wasn't joking, maybe he could make some money out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. I did actually expect to expect uh, Homer to go, oh, I've got something, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, but he you, instead his mouth falls open and three bean salad falls out, yeah. So the last example I came up because I had the unfortunate happenstance of re-engaging with Andrew, the Andrew Tate phenomena, the douchebag himself, where there was a two-part interview with Piers Morgan that was in last last November. So this is after his arrest and uh, he's facing lots of charges for sex trafficking and, and pimping people out and um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's an odd an odd interview in that Tate seems to be off mic 
a lot of the time. So I did have to do a bit of processing to get him loud enough to understand what he was talking about. And it starts with Piers Morgan reading out a long tweet. This isn't all of it. Um, it's a long thing that Tate had tweeted. Just to wake up at 11, gym till 1, one appointment and some shopping. Dress beautiful by 7pm for you to finish working and tell you how strong you are. No matter how pissed off you are, just to always be laughing and smiling and writing your little notes about how you're perfect. And just to be playful and funny. She can't do that if she has a job. So your job is being my girlfriend and now you're a millionaire. Congratulations. Behave and aim for the promotion to wife. The reason I read all that in detail was I don't think you understand quite how that comes over because I think that is the purest definition of misogyny I've probably ever read. Well, I don't think you understand. One, especially when I'm talking about the fact that women can't handle what men can do, etc. One, it's slightly sarcastic. There's a sarcastic tone. So do you mean any of this? Oh, I mean all of it. One, it's slightly sarcastic, firstly. Well, what, Secondly, do you, well, what do you mean? Well, you, you mean you don't, by the tone. Do you mean you don't mean it? No, I mean it. Well, what, which which but bit? It's slightly sarcastic. Well, sarcasm, means, sarcasm means you don't mean it. No, I mean it. But it's slightly sarcastic. We either mean it or you don't. It's either sarcastic or it's not. I mean every single word. But this is the conundrum with you, Andrew. Andrew, this is the conundrum with you, right? It's not a conundrum. If you'd let me explain, it's not a conundrum at all. Of course, he goes on to explain it and it remains a conundrum. He doesn't explain it. He doesn't understand the word sarcasm. That's the conundrum. (laughs) He he thinks that just calling it a joke. Um, a bit like Jeremy earlier on, calling it a joke would just reset everything. Yeah, yeah. Just go, oh yeah, I was I was being the you know, the, the the world's biggest douchebag sex trafficking misogynist for money, and I oh, know no no because no, no, there is a sarcastic tone in everything I say, but I mean every word of it. Well, th- then that's not sarcasm. Yeah, it's sarcasm. No, it isn't. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it isn't. So it's so there's there's Schrodinger's douchebag right there. He's, you know, he's at the same time he is being sarcastic and means every word of it. But you, well, you, you, you can't be both. Yeah, that's because because the, the definition of sarcasm is to say words that look <laughs> like you mean them, but you're saying it in a way that sounds like you don't. So you don't mean them. You're carrying the fact that you don't mean them in your tone of voice. So in a sarcastic tone which would belie the truth of it. Yeah. So you can't have or the, the belie the truth of your position about it. So you can't have you can't be both. You can't mean every single word. Yeah, in looking for this fallacy in examples, I found an episode of Bob's Burgers where Louise right. got signed up to a soccer team because she couldn't stop being sarcastic. Because when <laughs> when they got a phone call from the coach saying, like, do, you know, does does Louise want to be on the soccer team? And, and Linda asked Louise, she was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be on the soccer team. <laughs> so Linda was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I really want to do that, yeah, yeah. And Bob's like, I've met uh, Louise, I don't think she wants to be on the soccer team, and then are you sure? (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm really sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go, douche, Schrodinger's douchebag, Andrew Tate. You have to know how to use sarcasm if you're going to claim that you're doing it. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and oddly, he does it, of course, because the cat's out of the bag. Because Piers Morgan, far be it from us to ever agree with Piers Morgan, yeah, but he's just—he's—he does he kind of he tempers his position as interloc- interlocutor um, somewhat by saying, "Oh yeah, no, I really agree with all the stuff that you say that young men should, you know, follow the Nazi youth regime that you seem to espouse." Yeah. But when you say these things about women, I don't agree with you. 
So, you know, so, but yes. So in that clip, Piers Morgan kind of is being the uh, uh, the inquisitor on the side of the of right, and just <laughs> and who would have thought that Piers Morgan would be the arbiter of, you know, what is I mean, sarcasm? That's, it's the only time. That's the thing. It's when you put Piers Morgan in a room with even worse people, it, it makes <laughs> yeah. you realise there's room for him to get worse. You know, he's not as yeah. he's not the worst person. <laughs> yes. There are worse yes. people out there. He's a fuckwad. Yeah. He's still really bad, yeah. but there are worse people. Yeah. Perhaps that's why he chooses to yeah. interview the likes of Alex Jones I and Andrew so. Tate, because it makes him look good. Yeah, yeah, by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not being so no, we are being sarcastic. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news. The game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real, and one I made up. And Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. So let me tell you, unless you admit that the game is entirely rigged in favour of the House, then I'll simply have to go through with ordering a bag of flaming dog poo to be delivered through your mailbox. But of course, <laughs> if you say that kind of thing. People take you seriously and call the cops. <laughs> Can no one take a joke these days? Jeez. See, I, I thought you were going to say that your first kind of 50 or so episodes, you were losing it deliberately because it was funny. Yeah. That's, yeah. Did you not notice how yeah. sarcastically I, I had said, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that's clearly yeah. the one. Because that's that what I've been doing for the, last, yeah. for the last six months. Because I looked it up, yeah. it's July last year was the last time I won one of these. No way. Yeah. No. And, uh, but so my, That's great. Yeah, since, since then, I've been deliberately losing to be funny as uh, yeah. a joke. Ah, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And the, well, the uh, laugh's I mean, going to be on me then when I <laughs> don't get it this time, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, the theme okay. this week is... I mean, it's like Trump's malfunctions sometimes. I think it's a it's a part right. of his cognitive decline, and and sometimes he says a thing which it could maybe be misreading the teleprompter. Oh, okay. But yeah. sometimes it's just I, what the fuck was he even going for there? Right. <laughs> and right. so it's important to right. to emphasize that where it seems like he's hit a brick wall in a thought on in these ones. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not one of those times where he kind of is going one way and then he gets distracted by by his own inner self. These are complete yeah. sentences as far as he is concerned. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. statement number 1. We have become a drug-infested, crime-ridden nation which is incapable of solving even the swollest, smallest problem. The simplest of problems <laughs> we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. What? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What on earth? Like, okay. it's, a, it's a fly crawled across the teleprompter or something at that. <laughs> starts they, off kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, it looks These like it's just, off he just misspelled something. He, I think he's reading yeah. in all cases. The, the, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Smallest, smallest. Yeah, you can kind of understand. But what? And the right. Statement okay. number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after we win the presidency, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine settled. I'll get it done fast. I know them both, and we will restore on this planet peace through Earth. <laughs> I am the only candidate who can make this promise to you. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> is it going to distribute handfuls of soil <laughs> or or something? Yeah, to everybody. Everyone will get their own small handful of soil, <laughs> and and in this way, we will be embracing the the hippie idea or ideal of planting a seed to peace through Earth. <laughs> what and, the uh, hell? Statement number three. Okay. We had a perfect border. We were just two weeks from finishing the whole wall, and it was the strongest border we've ever had. I think it was probably the strongest border in any country in history. But with the Democrats, <laughs> we are about. They didn't, and they took it down and sold it. Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just, it's a kind of, they're like the ultimate non sequiturs, aren't they? It's that you get to the you just, what? And you, your brain flips and... I'm trying to impart some meaning on <laughs> some of it, but Good I can't. Luck. <laughs> but with with the Democrats, we are about. They didn't, and they took it down and sold it. What? We, okay. Uh, Institute and a powerful death penalty. I really like that. Um, before I even arrive, before I even arrive, shortly after we win, I will have the war over. Get it done, and we will restore this planet peace through Earth. <laughs> yeah, you are the only candidate that can make that because <laughs> other people can read and understand what they're saying and choose their words carefully. What? Uh, okay, I quite like the screeching halt for the Democrats. We're about they didn't. They took it out and sold it. Okay, so uh, well, I can't believe any of them. <laughs> True. They all look like they've been generated. Wow. Okay. All right. It's I'm kind of like to... the AI where it comes out with like an extra limb or something. Yeah. Isn't it? And it's, yeah, yeah. 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 And then you look at it and, and you think, well, if I <laughs> if I, I if I squint at it, it might make sense. Yeah. yeah. That's not a mistake well, a human artist would make. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's like, yes, like I did do a whole sequence of things of trying to get people to stand on their head in AI, <laughs> but then it just couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. It was hilarious and quite scary. Okay, Peace Through Earth I really like, but that could be sneakily Jim. I am thinking that oh, number three is the one you made up. Okay, and Democrats which we are about. of the other two are you more convinced by? Only because I really like Institute and a Powerful Death Penalty, number one, I think is probably true. Okay, and uh, number one mm -hmm. yeah. is yeah. real. We oh have become God. a drug-infested, crime-ridden nation which is incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem, <laughs> the simplest of problems we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute in a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. What? What is she saying? What? Wow. Yeah. But even the even the music behind it the, kind of makes was... it almost <laughs> smooth smooth enough to just swallow. This, yeah, go, this oh, was yeah, the last enough. kind of 10, 5 minutes of a rally, and I think they were trying to play him off. <laughs> like at the Oscars. It's getting louder and louder now, yeah. Just cranking it up, slowly moving the the, you know, the, the travelator under him. So you've got to edge towards the stage. Uh -huh. No. This, 
the swat. Uh, it just goes all downhill from the smallest, <laughs> doesn't it? I like that. I really like the smallest, smallest. <laughs> and he doesn't go. He doesn't. It doesn't bat an eyelid, does uh, it? Because no, no. he can't. He doesn't. In his head, he never makes a mistake. No. We are in it. What the fuck is this? We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. (laughs) (laughs) We will put this on. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like he's reading the stage instructions as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I will get off now. Yeah. They're calling me in. Wow. So, you also think that number two is real. Peace through Earth. Yeah, because I want to hear him say peace through Earth. Yeah. And number two. Yeah. Is real. Before oh I even God. arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after we win the presidency, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine settled. I'll get it done fast. I know them both. And we will restore on this planet peace through Earth. I am the only candidate who can make this promise to you. <laughs> peace through Earth. I am the only candidate, I just promise you, because yeah, I am an, an inveterate liar. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody else could do that, could bring you peace through Earth. It's, uh-huh. a, it's, a, it's a bit like a journey to the centre. He's been watching too many episodes of Thunderbirds with the mole. And that, <laughs> that peace through Earth. Oh, we're still on this break. We're going to dig a tunnel all the way to Ukraine and I'll bring peace, peace through Earth. Through how do how I would you? I don't know what that what, is. <laughs> because how would you know how what 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 has gone through his head before that he just slipped into peace through earth? <laughs> normally, when you do those malapropisms, you do it because it it well that's clicks the thing. into an old pattern. Yeah, and but that's why I was thinking that's, saying? that's where these ones I think are linked because. I can't see what he, what the intent could have been. No, or or what the accident, where the accident yeah, came there from. There wasn't a thing that. Sometimes it's obvious when he says, um, yeah. "You know, the furniture of our children." He means the future of our children. Yeah. He's read the teleprompter. Yeah. wrong. That, <laughs> that's yeah, fine. Swallowless, swallowless, smallest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but peace, peace just... through earth. Everyone says, "How does it? How has he never received a Christmas card that says peace on earth?" Or, <laughs> You know, or listen to Godspell. But or, yeah, I mean, if he, I mean, like he that. could. Do you th- do you think he was going with peace on Earth? We will restore on this planet or peace, peace on Earth throughout the the world. Maybe, I, maybe. Yeah, restore, but restore on this planet. And I think maybe because he maybe he didn't peace mean on, to put on this planet. He yeah. meant we will restore <laughs> peace on Earth. We will restore peace throughout. Yeah. I mean, the Earth. That's ridiculous. There's so many wars going on. Yeah. around the world. <laughs> And the US yeah. isn't involved in most of them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And yet, I don't and, know. And so he, so he read planet or thought he, he thought of Earth and then and said planet. Because, I mean, all good questions. Because obviously he's an <laughs> alien, and that's yeah. So your your puny planet Earthlings, he is Gort, the robot from uh, the Daily Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it would make more sense if he said that. That would be brilliant, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. But it's just to, to restore on this planet. What is it? He is quoting from 1950s sci-fi films, isn't he? We will, we will restore on this planet peace through Earth, peace throughout the land. 
I just misremembering everything, isn't he? What on earth must people have said to him sufficient numbers of times that he resorts to <laughs> those rather I mean, when he looks you're at the assuming he listens when people talk. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, that is, well because he does come up with those as the saying goes, <laughs> yeah. and then comes up with something that nobody's ever said. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, as the saying goes, peace through earth. <laughs> yeah, that, and then he attempts to copyright it. Probably time it, we, and then time we did another one of those. We haven't done an as the saying goes one for a while, but yeah, yeah probably, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's lots of new examples. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so that that was wow. uh, again, you nailed it. You were right. Oh, yay. You get another point. Ah, you see, you've sarcastically been <laughs> leading me on the let me win. Something really bad. Yeah, I'm gonna finding it very, thing. very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we we do have a few answers yeah, on congratulations on, <laughs> on Patreon. Uh, we've oh, got yeah. uh, Becca says I think one is fake news. Ah. Invisible unicorn number one also struck me as fake. That the other two seem real makes me want to cry. And Will <laughs> agrees. Number one is fake, in my humble opinion. Wow. That tangerine twat is only getting more and more off the rails as time and tertiary syphilis take their toll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains the pockmark face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, only only three this week and all wrong, all going for number one. Oh, uh, wow. You, you outscored wow. them all. Wow. Uh, it's a small victory How for me. How about that? In a way. And I m- yeah. did manage to fool some people. <laughs> Wow. wow oh my god wow look at that well done <laughs> well done <laughs> congratulations yeah. yeah i'm so happy Thanks. for you yeah. <laughs> say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill And it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called $83.3 million is not a logical fallacy. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> because yeah. we're recording this before Judge Arthur Engeren's ruling in the uh, civil fraud trial, so we don't know how much Trump is going to owe. But at the moment, right. he, he that's what he owes um, E. Jean Carroll for, for the defamation case, yep. because yep. he lost, as was expected, yeah. because it was his, his, his lawyer... Alina Harbour, who it, a lot of people are calling her Trump's worst lawyer, but I think that's very unfair. She's okay. she's his worst lawyer so far. Uh, right, you know, right. Worse, worse, worse than Giuliani? I mean, it's so far she's cost Trump a lot more money. Ah, uh, 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 right, yes. <laughs> not yes, not true, least because Trump never paid Giuliani, <laughs> according to yeah, Giuliani's yeah. most recent financial <laughs> filings. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's very expensive. Joe Tacopina, who... We have featured before and was Trump's lawyer for the previous E. Jean Carroll defamation case that was about statements that he'd made after his presidency. That cost Trump five million. Joe Tacopina was, was who is an actual lawyer, like a an experienced trial lawyer, right. kept it down to five million. This one, Joe Tacopina was like, you know, there comes a point where you've just got to to <laughs> examine your moral compass. 
and and make a decision based on that how much you're prepared to actually continue with this and he was like no i'm out alina harbour continued and 83.3 million dollars is a lot of money wow yeah and some of that is compensatory damages for like the the Mm -hmm. kind of hurt that that she has encountered 11 million for emotional harm 7.3 million for damage to her reputation and the other 65 million is punitive damages so some small attempt at getting trump to stop doing it (laughs) because he didn't stop after the last yeah 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 uh so so obviously five million wasn't enough has he paid the five? Because that was one of the things was that Eugene Carroll said, no, I've got no money. Yeah, he hasn't yet. paid it to her because he's appealing. Right. Well, he's not. He's uh, legally okay. speaking, he's appealing. <laughs> <laughs> he's very unappealing to yeah. everyone. But he's, yes. he, legally, yeah. he, is, he is taking it to an appeal. But to do that, you have yeah. to essentially make some financial situation clear to the court that you are going to pay that. It, that can be done okay, yeah. by getting a bond, much in the same way as bail works, where you pay okay, yeah. a, a bail bonds company, or in this case it would be a, a I don't know what if there's a different name for them, but the com- a company that puts up a bond right. who are then kind of on the hook for that money, yeah. and they get some of that, which means you don't have to put it all up front. For the five million, yeah. he paid five and a half million, actually it was, because you had to pay in- uh, interest as well, right. yeah. to the court rather than getting a bond for that. Oh, okay. Their argument at the time was that saves the bond fee, which is typically about 1%. So that would have been, what, $55,000 he saved by paying $5.5 to the court. And and then the court holds on to that until the appeals are exhausted and then pay pay it back to Trump if he wins the appeal and and to E. Jean Carroll if she wins. Okay. So there's question over whether, in fact... He did pay that five point five million to save the fifty five thousand, or maybe because there wasn't a bond company that was prepared to front him prepared. the money. <laughs> yes, and this time, yes, it's eighty three point yes. three million. Wow, which is a and fuck ton of no money. No one's gonna, no one's gonna stump up that. Yeah, because the thing is, he's not, he's not gonna be able to get loans. Because everyone, apart from anything else, he's currently about to be another probably 350 million in the hole and be convicted of civil fraud or liable for civil fraud. So I doubt even Deutsche Bank are going to loan him some money. It's sort of credit rating, yeah, credit rating, a little bit, they're a little bit trepidatious about that. So theoretically. Having fallen for it. As we know in the history of the Trump organization, yeah, theoretically he could, if he could find out. a bond company that would work with him, he could pay them somewhere around eight and a half for them to put yeah. up the bond for the rest and and trust him that he's good for it after. Um, but they're probably There's not going to do rub. that. There's the rub. Yeah. So yeah, he might wow. end up having to liquidize some assets, liquidize, liquidate some assets. Yeah. Because I think it's very unlikely that he has that amount of cash. Yeah, he has buildings, he has properties, and stuff like that. Which, depending on whether he's seeking a loan or paying tax, yeah. are worth yeah. either eighty-three million or not. Yes, yeah, and in fact, yeah. or could do less. His his inflated valuations of his properties were used by Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, right. in this case to say to the jury. Uh, look, when you're considering how much to charge this guy for punitive damages yeah. and all of that stuff, yeah. consider the fact that he himself claims to have this amount of money. He claims his, his Mar-a-Lago property is worth $1.5 billion. 
Right. This is yeah. you know. So 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 that's sorry. what he says. That's loose change. So you should down yeah absolutely back of the you sofa. Should, you should consider yeah. him to be as rich as he claims to be. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and, and that, that means that you know do it accordingly. Yeah, when you're considering wow. numbers, that's that's what yeah. you should go by. He, she wasn't suggesting that you should look at the the eighteen million that the judge and in fact the Palm Beach assessors said Mar-a-Lago is worth. Yeah. But the one point yeah. five billion that the Trump family claimed well, as well, he says it's and of worth. course yeah, Trump yeah. at that point can't go. No, it's not worth that at all. It's not worth that. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it has an impact on the on the other trial. Yes, uh-huh. brilliant, brilliant checkmate. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, it must have been a bit of a surprise. The extra sixty five mil being kind of come up with, because that's way higher what she was, what E. Jean Carroll was. Well, she, yeah, she initially asked for 10 million. Yeah. So, um, wow. although I don't know if that, in that initial kind of what you claim you're suing someone for, if that includes punitive mm-hmm. damages as well, or if it's just kind of, mm-hmm. this is what compensatory damages I want. Yeah, because that's kind of a court thing, isn't it? To, to get him to shut up. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is, he will appeal this, obviously. He's not going yeah. forward with Alina Harbour as his appeals attorney. She's not an appellate attorney. Right. I mean, she's not a competent yeah. attorney, so that shouldn't... No. It doesn't <laughs> stop. make any yeah. difference, really. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah he, he's looking for a new law firm, presumably one who's prepared to do quite a lot of pro bono work for the for the pleasure yeah. of working for the former president. And... Yeah, <laughs> and convicted rapist. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, they're going to have pr- a pretty tough job, apart from the fact that they have the worst client in the world, because Alina Harbour is so incompetent yeah. that her case was ridiculous. It, she didn't... The, all of the things that she was arguing were about whether they could prove that Trump assaulted E. Jean Carroll. None right. of it was about how much... She didn't really argue whether E. Jean Carroll's reputation was right. destroyed or anything like that, or how much yeah. her reputation was worth. It was the, about because the previous previous case proved that he. That's the thing. Had, yeah, he was found liable. That he, yeah, in the previous case, which which Judge Kaplan, no relation to Roberta Kaplan, the lawyer, he yeah. he presided over the previous case as well. So as far as he was concerned, he he right. came into this saying he's already been found liable, You're guilty. That's yeah. yeah, that we are assuming that to be the case. He's in fact when that came up and uh, he made it clear to the jury he's been found liable. He's been he's been judged to have done this stuff. Yeah. Um, Alina Harbour said, yeah, by a jury. <laughs> like, in, <laughs> as if that, that's kind of, yeah, you don't want to believe what... Yeah. To the jury. Yeah. She was saying it's to the jury. Yeah, fucking jurors, yeah. they're idiots. Well, you know, you don't jury, want to believe what yeah. they think. Yeah. Proved by scientists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the... And what? the... Yeah. And so the yeah. judge was like, yeah, buy a jury. Stop arguing with me. I'm going to make you sit down. And that, yeah. And that's, <laughs> so, that's the thing. It's by a... That's the other surprise, isn't it? You know, not just the amount of money, but the fact that the jury just found him guilty. Yeah. They didn't, was there any... Was it a unanimous verdict? Did they... Was, was, did, were there in any the previous case, uh, yes, it was it was unanimous, and and in this case yeah. they didn't answer that question because they right. were only looking at damages because they'd yeah. gone into this yeah. this trial was supposed to be about how much he owed Eugene Carroll. Yeah, how it, how damaging has it been for yeah. her? And yes, what, rather than and yes, everything that Alina Harbour yes. was arguing was, you know, he didn't do it, this is a witch hunt, you know, he didn't defame yeah, yeah. her, he didn't do the thing that she claimed he did in the first place. 
So she wasn't, first of all, objecting to much of the evidence that came in about yep. the stuff that Roberta Kaplan was actually presenting to the court, which is important if you're going to appeal. If you if right. a piece of evidence right. is presented and, and introduced into evidence and, and you don't even object, what are you going to appeal? Because yep. you, ha- you can't say yes. the judge ruled in their favour if you haven't asked the yeah. judge to not allow that evidence in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you object and the judge says overruled, then you can say, well, that was an unfair ruling and the appeals court yeah. can investigate that. But if you haven't questioned it, that's going to be really hard. To prove that it's objectionable. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and when she was trying to introduce evidence, she didn't do it the right way. She started talking to, uh, she was when she was questioning E. Jean Carroll, she was asking her about what other people have said about her and then tried to, to read out some tweets that people had said that hadn't oh. been introduced into evidence. And the judge was what? like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is, yeah. this is not yeah. in evidence. There was, obviously there was an objection. He ruled that it was sustained and yeah. pointed her towards ba- basic lawyer stuff, the way to get, Um, documents introduced into evidence um, that he'd already given them, like, because each judge has slightly different rules about how they want evidence presented and things like that. And so they have written information for the the lawyers before the case about this is how in my courtroom we expect it to be done. And one of the things that Judge Kaplan wants is for the... Um, and documents to be kind of marked and and numbered and and so so everyone knows what they're referring to when they're talking about them. Yeah, yeah. And so she tried to do this. They weren't. They hadn't been introduced. They hadn't been given to Carol's lawyer. Um, they hadn't been given to the court. They there was no attempt to lay a foundation for them, which is um, yeah, uh, essentially saying okay, what are these documents? How do we know that they're accurate? You know, where where are they and from? Why and, are they and, and, yeah, why are they the case? To the yeah, case? Yeah. yeah. So she was. Basically fucking off on basic lawyer stuff, not not reading the court's procedures um, and following them. Did the same thing in her in her closing statement. She tried to introduce new evidence at that point. What she was saying, what? she said something about how that oh, it's not it's not that big a deal. Essentially, that Eugene Howells had death threats. I get death threats all the time, right. and the judge was like, "That's not a thing you can say." The closing statement is about the evidence that has been presented in the that's case. Presented, that's just a thing you're, you're potentially making up about your own life. This is not, wow. and so he struck that from wow. the record. He struck things that that yep. Trump was asked when he was briefly on the stand because he was talking about stuff that either wasn't relevant or wasn't part of the accepted evidence that had already been introduced. So. Basically, the her entire case was a total shit show, and she didn't preserve the means for appeal for most of the things that they would want to appeal about. Because yep. most of their case yep. was arguing against things that had already been established in a prior case, or introducing new things that were <laughs> or, then, introdu- or that randomly were, introducing which, new things. Yeah, yeah, which were not allowed. Yeah, which because they were about the previous case as well. <laughs> Wow. So, but the, but the, uh, I mean, the other thing that struck me is that how, how does he spin this as a a witch hunt or a set up by the Democrats or whatever when members of the jury just went, yeah, 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 this is up. Yes, he really did damage her reputation to yeah. the tune of eighty three. Well, it's, it's all it, the the way he does it is just by continuing to say it and assuming that his followers won't care. Yeah. Um, and will he just yeah, assume he's yeah. telling the truth? 
In fact, some of yeah. his followers have already started calling Alina Harbour a deep state plant who kind of lost the case on purpose. Brilliant. Lost the case for him. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Excellent. There was a, there was a, a moment um, I was following it on, oh, I can't remember where I was following it, Washington Post or something, and they were kind of tweeting updates and stuff. And at one point, which appealed to the the, the outbursts, the band, um, the uh, reporter tweeted um, or or posted on the Washington Post. Judge Lewis A. Kaplan tells the court, "We will have no outbursts." <laughs> so and I grabbed that and, and tweeted it from the on the on the band's tweet. Yeah, yeah, we had and people were going bit rude <laughs> we, we will have no outbursts I, I, uh, I, I was hunting all over to see if the thing had been was being streamed to the tv but it, it wasn't because no. that was that was another um deliberate act on the part of the judge to say i'm not going to allow him yeah, to yeah. showboat no there was a lot um, of uh there were a lot of people live tweeting stuff so a lot of the stuff that was being said was kind of out there pretty immediately yeah yeah there was nothing there was no live audio or video Sadly, yeah, because didn't Trump leave before? Um, yeah, he walked out during Jim Carroll's attorney was summing up during the closing yeah. argument. Yeah, mm. um, I mean, he came back in pretty pretty quickly before Alina Harbour started hers. But the right. one of his advisors, or Boris Epstein, stood up to follow him out, and the judge was like, "Nope, you can't go anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> Because like, he, he essentially kind of considered him, although he's not his lawyer for this, he yeah. considered him part of the kind of the defence team. So the, he said, no, no yes, one else yes, is allowed yeah. to leave the court. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was allowed in the court on that basis. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah, why not? Yeah. And, of course, it's the, it's the, it will stir up the red mist for the, the, all, the, all the maggers because it's Trump not fighting on his home turf. He's not allowed to spin his yarns and denigrate everybody um, and as a result of that kind of justice has been served and ordinary people on the jury you know not CIA plants not FBI stooges not Antifa just ordinary people who did get advised to not tell anyone that they were on the jury because yeah. You know they they because they'll they be targeted absolutely the, yeah. yes yeah you know and they're not in it for the money they're not going to benefit to benefit from the the money at all so they've got no that's the kind of thing Trump would only do it if he was if there was money <laughs> in it yeah I'll be on the jury if you pay me it's it's that it's a it's a civil duty that they've performed and they've followed the letter of the law. And they've said, okay, yeah, it's been established that he did do this. He damaged her. We've now got to work out by how much. Yeah. Let's let's put a figure on that, and let's use the figures that he's provided. It's just yeah. brilliant. And one of the things that <laughs> yeah. surprised some people uh, is that what we have found out. I think it's seven of the nine jurors were men. Ah, so it's good to see. That a jury yep. made up mostly of men is still prepared to to yep. give such a, a large yeah. award to this kind of behaviour. So he can't he can't say you know yeah locker room yeah. banter, yeah. it's just jokey blah blah blah. Well, that's yeah. So that's another one of his foundations kicked out from under him. Yeah. Oh, it's great. So what's <laughs> what's going to be the impact on of this on the next on the fraud case? 
Well, apart from the I mean, fact the, that he can't say I'm not paying <laughs> that because I'm not worth that. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, the yeah. fraud cases uh, we're we're just waiting for Judge Arthur Engren's ruling. It was supposed to come through on right. Wednesday, I think, mm-hmm. but an insider has told the the press that it's going to be the fifth now is is Engren's ruling. So we won't know what the the award for that is, but it's it's given everything that went in on. On in that courtroom, I'm expecting it to be quite yeah. high. I, I'm expecting at least 300 million, probably 350, maybe. Wow. Yeah, because um, the precedent has now been set, hasn't yeah. it? That, that, you know, that this, this fairly small case, an individual case with jurors that have been you know, assessing the evidence such as it was in his defense, have come up with an, a massive amount of money mm. so that's kind of yeah so they're not going to go they're not going to think oh perhaps we should limit it to yeah what do you think 16 no because they've just done 83 <laughs> oh all right then it's that a lot more than, than to... was expected i think initially going in by Eugene carroll but it's not as much as it could have been because they could have gone higher yeah. one thing the there is some supreme court precedent of knocking down Awards that are too high in terms of mm. the ratio between compensatory damages and punitive damages. Uh, there right. was a case where someone was awarded a million in compensatory damages and 145 million in punitive damages, and the and the wow. Supreme Court went, "Nah, that's not fair. Right. That's not the way this is supposed to work." This is only yeah. the because the the other side it's 65 million in punitive damages, and the and the other. It's like 18 million in uh, the other two mm-hmm. combined. So this yeah. is only about three and a half times. Uh, so it's right. it's it's well within the usual range of, of the ratio. That yeah. ratio, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's very unlikely that he could successfully appeal on this is an outrageous amount of money and and beyond the scope mm. of what would be expected. So mm-hmm. yeah, that takes another string out of his bow. Um, out of his appeal but yeah so yeah. Uh, so it's going to be difficult to see on what basis he's going to appeal other than i don't want to pay it so i'm just going to keep it in the courts yeah forever. That's, that's going to be largely it it'll go through an appeals court and then he will lose that and then probably try and appeal <laughs> to the supreme court i don't expect the supreme court would touch this with a barge pole i don't think right. this is a, a case yeah. that they will accept yeah. i don't there's there's yeah, not really not any issues of law. Of justice. No, there's uh, not yes, any issues yeah. of law that are undecided or conflicting or something yeah. that they would look at. They are. I I'd be surprised. Let's put it that way. I, it's not it's not impossible. Supreme Court's weird, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's I and it's don't horror, think horrifyingly pro Trump. Yeah, but they're going to have to. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't be beyond them to change the rules. Yeah, in, because they're so pro-Trump, they will change the rules in order to make it something that they do have to make a ruling on. Yeah, still, you know, small victories. Yeah, <laughs> oh, enormous, eighty-three point three million victories. How marvelous! And finally. Some things we really don't have time to talk about. Florida governor and definitely human man honest Ron DeSantis bailed on his always pointless attempt to be Republican nominee, dropping out before the New Hampshire primary last month, leaving Nikki Haley to give a victory speech after coming second in what is now a two-horse race if you ignore the fact that one of the horses doesn't stand a chance even though the other horse is a cognitively impaired, nearly bankrupt criminal who also happens to be a racist. Sorry, rapist. Well, both really. Meanwhile... 
Biden skipped the primary entirely, refusing to campaign in the state and not even having his name on the ballot, since the DNC decided to move New Hampshire down the schedule to make the far more diverse state of South Carolina the first official Democratic primary of the year. The New Hampshire Democratic Party did it anyway, because they really like the attention. And as a result, New Hampshire's delegates won't count when it comes to choosing the candidate at the Democratic National Convention in August. Of course, Biden won anyway because 64% of voters wrote his name in rather than throw away their vote on nobodies like Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson. The turnout might have been suppressed slightly by a fake robocall campaign using an AI-generated Biden impression telling registered Democrat voters, save your vote for the November election. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. The Attorney General's office is investigating the origin of the calls, which both Trump's campaign and Democrat rival Dean Phillips' campaign have denied any part in. Whoever it was committed a felony in order to get fewer people to vote for Biden in a primary which won't make any difference to who gets to be the nominee. They should have saved their crimes for the general (laughs) election in November when they could actually have made a difference. (laughs) In a blatant attempt to criminalise and erase the trans community of West Virginia... Leading state organisers recently released nine anti-trans bills. Senate Bill 194, filed by Senator Mike Azinger, Laura Chapman and Chandler Swope, yes, Republicans, is the most dangerous of the lot. One section defines being transgender as a sexual deviation and places it alongside paedophilia, exhibitionism, masochism, sadomasochism, fetishism and more. Another defines minors for the purposes of this bill as being anyone under 21 years of age, expanding the definition to include transgender adults. The bill then would ban gender-affirming care for anyone under this age, whilst also banning the usage of state funds for gender-affirming care. The bill mandates that all mental health care professionals would be prohibited from exacerbating gender dysphoria in those under 21 years of age by continuing such condition, delusion or disorder with no intent of cure or cure-pursuing recovery. Therapists would thus be mandated to cure gender dysphoria, as affirming their transgender patients would be considered continuing such condition, delusion or disorder. This provision would mandate that therapists and social workers in the state become conversion therapists, a practice currently banned in 27 states, according to the Movement Advancement Project. Of course, there's no cure for being transgender, just like there's no cure for being cis or white or heterosexual. Let's hope there's a cure for being a Republican. And of course, conversion therapy has been shown to lead to increased suicides, as it always done, whether in secular or religious settings. But perhaps that's the point. Bill 195 attempts to define being transgender as obscene and would bar transgender exposure, performance or display to any minor. This could have the effect of barring transgender people from being able to exist in public, as it would be difficult to avoid being seen by a minor. Of course, with Republican Governor Jim Justice pivoting for his Senate run, even GOP members squeamish about such draconian legislated inhumanity may fall in line. Country road, don't you dare take me there, because West Virginia is a place no human should ever want to belong after this. After Nikki Haley's strong second-place showing in New Hampshire, Trump decided the best thing to do would be to effectively tell her supporters to fuck off. He lashed out in a late-night Truth Social post, specifically targeting Haley's donors, saying, Anybody that makes a contribution to Birdbrain from this moment forth will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. We don't want them, and we will not accept them. 
anti-Trump Republicans immediately started donating to Haley's campaign and posting how delighted they were to be banned from his cult. The following week, Trump's senior campaign advisor Susan Wiles was keen to tell a room full of Republican mega donors that he didn't really mean it because, in fact, the campaign is running dangerously low on money thanks to spending so much of it on Trump's legal fees. According to Politico, Trump's web of political action committees spent over $50 million of donor funds on legal expenses during 2023, wow. with other outgoings bringing their total spend for the year to roughly $210 million or $10 million more than they raised during that period. Ah. The only reason they have any money left is thanks to strong fundraising in previous years. But I don't know if we've mentioned it, but this is an election year, and those tend to be some of the more expensive ones for campaigns. And I don't see Trump's legal costs dropping this year, even if he chooses more random shitty lawyers like Alina Harbour. So it looks like we'll be getting some campaign ads made by whoever Trump can find on Fiverr later in the year. <laughs> Oh, we should get on there and do some you know, <laughs> delicious carry-on movie kind of way. The dodgy British tradition of saucy seaside postcards, which led to the Women's Institute and the fire service creating cheeky calendars to raise money, has crossed the pond. I'm surprised it's caused ructions in the GOP, given the apparent love by Americans of Benny Hill. Ultra-right beer, the new anti-bud-like wokeness beer brand, has done the thing that advocates of all right-thinking burgers, titties and beer enthusiasts always want for Christmas and created a calendar. But on a naughty, cheeky, exploitative Benny Hill one, you understand, a straight-down-the-right Conservative Dads Real Women of America 2024 calendar containing photos of the most beautiful conservative women in America in various sexy poses. Some, like anti-trans swimmer Riley Gaines and writer Ashley Sinclair, are wearing revealing outfits. Others, like former House candidate Kim Klatchik, are fully clothed. No one is naked. But even though it's a right kind of calendar for right kind of people, some prominent social conservatives started decrying the calendar in late December as, among other things, demonic. The basic complaint is that the calendar is pandering to married men's sinful lust, debasing conservative women and making conservatives seem like hypocrites when they complain about leftist immorality, which I suspect is the worst sin of all. <laughs> this is the problem with conservatives who think they can act just like the secular world, writes Jenna Ellis, one of Donald Trump's attorneys during the 2020 election fight. If conservatives aren't morally grounded Christians, what are we even conserving? Oddly, other conservatives, led by several of the women who posed in it, defended the calendar, decrying their critics as nosy Puritans <laughs> who exemplify the right's inability to connect with ordinary people. An observation somewhat upheld by the complete furore that's exploded across the right-wing media online and off. Well, as long as we're arguing about that, at least they're not spending time trying to get their man back in the White House and, like, govern the country or nothing. <laughs> oh, no, wait. One of the things I noticed is that there's only 10 women in the calendar. And, and like most calendars, it's a 12-monther. Um, yeah. so, so they've repeated a couple. And I'm like, oh. could you not find 12 women... <laughs> Who, yeah. like conservative women who were prepared who were to be in women. the calendar. I mean, but maybe they're kind of the most beautiful. I mean, I, I wonder who. I'm surprised they didn't ask Trump with his history of the Miss World <laughs> yeah, contest. Yeah, he knows Can a few. Judge who they were. 
Yeah, you know, that's right. You kind of, who were the most beautiful? Perhaps there were some that were not quite the most. There were some that were quite beautiful, but they, but they picked the most beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I love the fact that they, they called it the conservative dads, real <laughs> women of America. Yeah, not conservative yeah. mans. Specifically for no, men with children. Conservative dads. <laughs> exactly. From, from married fathers. Yeah, married men's sinful lust. You know, that's the market they're going for. Yeah. yeah. That's, why not? You know, they're out about it. Yeah. <laughs> A Harris X poll this week found that immigration has overtaken inflation as the most pressing concern for voters, thanks largely, no doubt, to the constant barrage of fear-mongering from right-wing media and Republican politicians about how Biden's open borders are destroying the country with crime and drugs and human trafficking and taking our gerbs, etc. House Republicans are even trying to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alexander Mayorkas, accusing him of willfully and systematically failing to secure the border, despite that being neither a high crime nor a misdemeanour. Months ago, the GOP insisted that tougher enforcement measures are needed and proposed automatically shutting the border when it's overwhelmed by a large volume of incoming migrants. After a lot of negotiation, a border package was drawn up which fulfills those criteria and President Biden has said he'll sign it and immediately implement those measures if it reaches his desk. So, of course, Republicans are now voting against it. Why? Because it's an election year and they don't want to do anything that might help Biden. Which, to be clear, is basically anything that would be good for the country. If the American people would benefit from it, the GOP is against it, in case people give Biden some credit. But if they can keep the border crisis narrative going by actively sabotaging any attempt to control it, that's a win. I know it might seem early to say this, but please don't forget to vote. Exactly. Yeah, Schrodinger's Republicans right there. You need the legislation to do that. Say, so, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Oh, no, 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 can't, can't vote for that because it yeah. will do what we want and, and you'll get credit for it. Then we'll have less yeah. to shout and, about and complain about. Yeah, yeah. Yes, quite. <sighs> Deep in the heart of Texas, well, down at the bottom, Governor Greg Abbott is fighting the Supreme Court over whether he's able to do what he pleases to endanger the lives of possible border crossers, drowning children and deploying razor wire and the like. But even this isn't enough for the MAGA contingent who basically want to start the civil war again and defy federal ruling with online organisers calling themselves Take Our Border Back, promising to bring over 700,000 semi-trucks from across the United States and Canada to three locations along the southern border so they can fight the illegal invasion. As a veteran of a country intent on taking back control of its borders, I can tell you it doesn't live up to the promise of a snappy, shoutable slogan. Despite the potential effectiveness of the 9,545 miles of 16 wheels that would result lined end to end across the entire US-Mexico border five times over, like Trump's somewhat limp attempt, very few semis actually turned up. As the convoy roared for the border cities of Eagle Pass, Texas, Yuma, Arizona and San Isidro, California, only about 20 had arrived. That's about 9,544.5 miles shorter than planned. Where the 700,000 number came from, who knows, given that it represents about one in six of all trucks on the road, like delivering stuff for companies to earn money, sending things to people and factories, perhaps 
God's army, as the convoy now calls itself, made up the number to raise the fists of the right-wing media and to plunge the hands into the donating pockets of the gullible and armchair patriots too afraid to turn up themselves in case the whole thing was an FBI-slash-Antifa-slash-whatever sting. It worked insofar as the organisers have raised $138,000. That's enough to put one tank of gas in about 300 semis. If they had 300 semis actually participating, because, yeah, the convoy suffers a distinct shortage of everything that would make it a convoy. Organisers have even changed their minds about actually going near the area of the actual dispute between Abbott and the Border Patrol. Instead, they seem to be targeting the village of Camado, Texas, population 71. It does look like there's a good Mexican restaurant in town with a big parking lot. Insert another joke here about impotence and semis. It's taken far too long, but some parts of the GOP at least have finally admitted that there are more than two genders. A super PAC supporting Montana GOP Senate candidate Tim Sheehy sent out a survey testing messages they might use to attack his likely GOP primary opponent, Matt Rosendale. I want to be very clear, there's nobody to root for in this story. Both candidates are anti-abortion pieces of shit. But the interesting part is that in the survey, they collected some demographic data with one question asking, what is your gender? And three multiple choice options. Sure, three might still be pretty basic, but remember, this is the GOP. So even if those options were male, female and neither, it could charitably be called progress. But they're not. Here are the three options. Male, female homemaker and female working woman. If you're wondering what the fuck, well, I can't really blame you. But as Jezebel's Katie Ruth Ashcroft noted, the options might as well read female, good kind or female, bad kind. (laughs) Kelly Dittmar, director of research at the Centre for American Women and Politics at Rutgers, said, I couldn't imagine a reputable polling agency doing it that way. They're not actually trying to get information. They're trying to push information. Mm -hmm. It's a way to communicate something and it's pretty overt. Of course, what it seems to be communicating most effectively is that Tim Sheehy is a misogynistic dickwad. But the R in parentheses after his name already had that covered. (laughs) It's been another flaccid week too in British politics. Stormont is back. The power-sharing executive that governs Northern Ireland from the Stormont Parliament buildings in Belfast is set to reconvene after two years of not convening after rebelling over the EU and the Northern Ireland-slash-Republic of Ireland border deal. Suddenly things seem to have changed, but they're pretty much the same. They've got the frictionless EU access deal that Rishi trumpeted last year, but it could be the £3.3 billion that have been withheld because no Stormont might disappear with the Tories of the next election. Oddly, in the same week, the promised post-Brexit frictionless trade border between the rest of England and Europe got a whole lot of friction. The trade agreement we had as part of the single market meant that goods travelling within the EU would not to be checked at the borders because there were no borders, according to the single market. Now there are, because stupidly, Boris thought we should ditch that, even though it was offered by the EU. Tory MP and stupid Brexiteer, are there any other kind, Andrea Leadsom said that the increased import times and costs to importers and consequent delays in getting and shortages of food from Europe are a small price to pay for getting back our sovereignty, whatever the fuck that means. 
Chancellor Jeremy Hunt said, uh, well, uh, we might not be able to cut taxes before the election after all. And Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves said Labour uh, well, won't cap bankers' bonuses when they get back in after all. Meanwhile, sacked Tory MP Sir Simon Clark, top ally of Liz Truss and Boris Johnson, called for Rashid to be sacked. To be fair, with allies like that, he should know a thing or two. Nobody joined his coup and he later said, I was acting alone <laughs> in a very gun held to his back out of shot kind of way. You sure it wasn't Chet Wallaby? Yes. Kerry <laughs> <laughs> Badnock, Tory business secretary, had told party rebels to stop stirring and back the PM. But she turns out to be in a WhatsApp group along with Michael Gove called Evil Plotters <laughs> and is slash isn't sorry, not sorry, throwing, not throwing her hat in the ring to be the next PM. Of course, she's characterised the whole thing as a joke. Of course she has. It's all a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, like our straw man level patrons, Laura Tomsick, Renee Zed, Schmoots, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us when we met her at QED, we could just call her Amber, though another listener recognised her at QED this year because we kept using her full name all the time. And our true Scotsman-level patrons, Melissa Sytek, Stephen Bickle, Janet Uetta, Andrew Houck, and our newly crowned top patron, Kaz Tui. Thank you so much for your continued support. It really is very, very much appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Trump. All music is by We Will Have No Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.